I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Welcome back to News Du Jour. If you're new here, I wanted to start off with the disclaimer that while we promise to be a calmer space to consume the news, that's not to say that bad stuff doesn't happen. And when it does, we're going to be here to tell you about it and acknowledge its seriousness. However, we believe there's a lot more than doom and gloom going on in the world. And we will report on a range of different topics from entertainment to business to politics to art and fashion and much more. Whatever the top stories of the day are, that is what we're excited to tell you about. We're glad you're here. Hey, you guys. Happy New Year's Eve. So um, I forgot to do like constant reminders this week as I did with Christmas week, but I wanted to let you guys know and issue a reminder that I take off bank holidays from recording. So there won't be a new one on New Year's Day for you guys to listen to. And yeah, I'm kind of sorry that, you know, of course, Christmas and New Year's are right back to back. So you're missing some stuff. But um, I will definitely do a big long catch up one um, for Monday because I definitely want to keep you guys informed. But for my sanity, I have to take off some time or else I'll lose my cool. So Anyway, that's not good for anyone. <laughs> but um, anyway, I wanted to start off today's episode actually with some pandemic-related updates. There's a bunch of them, so hold on to your hats. Okay, so for the first COVID-related update, um, I hate to say it, but yesterday I kind of spoke too soon. And I wanted to issue some good news that the numbers had gone down. And of course they had, but they've gone right back up, which, you know, I I did say, you know, with Christmas, like it's probably going to spike back up here. Um, I said in about two weeks is what I was thinking just timeline wise. But no, we have spiked right back up. Um, New cases for yesterday were just under 200,000 again, which if you remember, that's right around our peak. Um, and then the death range went right back up exactly to our peak at 3,390 deaths yesterday from COVID um, in the United States, which, yeah, again, that's right back up to our record. So any more than that really, you know, puts us over a record to, again, making the worst day of COVID. So we're right back up there. And um, just as a reminder, just to put this into perspective, because I know it's hard when we hear these numbers day in and day out, it feels you're just detached from it, you know? So to put it in perspective, when we have death tolls that are above 3,000 a day, that means two people are dying of COVID in America every minute. Two people every minute. That's just... 
insane. That means, you know, if I record a 15 minute episode, 30 people will have died in the time that it takes to listen to it. Pretty insane. Um, Colorado also (laughs) had the first case of that super fast, rapid spreading version of COVID from the UK. And it's really interesting how it might have got there because the man reportedly had no travel um, and he's smack dab in the middle of the United States. So this is not good (laughs) for us because we're taking pandemic related restrictions much more loosely than the UK. And so given how it's spreading there, it definitely makes me nervous. Um, If you remember that super fast spreading of COVID in Great Britain. Yeah. So that's what we're dealing with. Um, And as a reminder, this strain should hold up to the vaccine the same as far as we know right now. And it does not have any additional side effects as we know right now. The only difference that we have seen so far is that it is much more contagious. So definitely keep your guard up. You know, I feel like with Devin, you know, I was looking at the percentages of infected population and it's almost like every fourth or fifth person we encounter here in Oklahoma has it. So as you're going around the grocery store, trying not to touch too much stuff like that helps me keep things into perspective. Um, but yeah, definitely things will get crazier from this, like not going to sugarcoat it there like that. This fast strain is going to spread faster here in the U.S. just like it did elsewhere. So and then (laughs) more bad news. But this is a really sad um, effect that we're seeing. And I've seen stories about this. So I just wanted to make you guys aware. And I know it's really stressful what we're all going through. But I wanted to let you guys know because I wouldn't feel like I was doing my job if I didn't. But a small, and I repeat small, fraction of COVID patients who had no prior mental health complaints are reporting severe psychosis, like hallucinations, being violent towards their children or other family members due to these perceived threats, um, severe paranoia, and more. These cases have been reported in very low numbers once again, but all over the world, in Spain, in North Carolina, in the Midwest, in the Bronx, in Great Britain, and beyond. These people are doing things like disrobing in front of strangers on the street, putting hand sanitizer in their food, using chairs to break hospital windows to quote-unquote escape, dismantling radiators because they believe there's evil spirits trapped in them um, and paranoia surrounding the color red, strangling family members who they are convinced are out to get them, symptoms that you'd expect from someone suffering from schizophrenia or dementia, but not in the right, right age ranges for either of those conditions. Like with the neurological symptoms that we have reported in the past, nothing is showing up on the brain scans for these patients, so it's still really unclear as to what might be causing it, but we know that a bigger percentage of COVID patients have actually reported memory loss and other severe cognitive issues, so this may be linked to what 
is causing those problems because again it's cognitive it's in the brain maybe the nerves you know um so they're looking into all of these things and any relationships there might be there but again this is rare um but it is happening happening in correlation with covid in such numbers and strange age groups that they've begun studying it with hopes to treat these patients and better understand the virus's effects but for me It makes just one more reason why we don't want to get this thing right. Stay safe out there, guys. And then in one more COVID-related story, but a little bit more hopeful and positive, Great Britain has approved the AstraZeneca vaccine, and they've become the first country to do so. It's a much cheaper and easier-to-store option for a vaccine. Britain has kind of taken the lead with all of this, approving vaccines faster than anyone else, and with good reason. They are currently the epicenter for the faster version of the virus, and it is leading to serious health effects, deaths, as well as economic effects. They've also decided to start dosing with the first doses of the vaccines before they have the second ones at the ready. The first round alone will not be nearly as effective in preventing the spread of the virus, but it is way better than nothing. And that's what the British government officials are banking on to slow the spread of this newest strain in their country. Okay, so... A little bit of a warning here. This story makes me so mad. And so I'm going to try to like calmly report on it instead of like ranting. (laughs) But this being a true crime fan, we've seen so much of this in so many stories and it just makes my blood boil. But here we go. I'm going to try and tell you guys this story as calmly as possible. Trigger warning, it does have to do with the Nashville Christmas Day bombing as well as faulty policing. Ex-girlfriend of the Nashville bomber has now come forward and she told the police that this was going to happen days before it did. Okay, so as someone who follows true crime very closely, I feel like I've seen countless instances of women warning the police that violence is going to happen only to have them not take it seriously. All this damage to people's homes and businesses was potentially preventable. Because a former girlfriend to the man whose authorities saw set off a bomb in downtown Nashville had called the cops on her boyfriend to report that he was building bombs in his RV. This woman wisely lawyered up and filed a document on the subject with the Metro Nashville Police Department. She even hosted the police in her home to discuss the topic. This story definitely makes me so frustrated. As if we don't have enough issues with policing, this is definitely a widespread one as well. The FBI said that this guy was not on their radar. 
So how did this message about bombs being in an RV, a moving vehicle that can be transported somewhere else, not get passed up the chain of command? Why wasn't he put on a list when his girlfriend reported that he was building bombs in his backyard? But what's also so frustrating is that it took this long to come out because it's been five days. And finding out this info should have been a matter of a simple search in their policing system. Plus, several officers actually went to Anthony Warner's home and saw the exact RV a year ago that exploded on Christmas Day before the attack happened. So that should have rung some bells for somebody, as this report was just taken on August 29 in August 2019. So that wasn't that long ago. Someone on the force likely was one of those people who went to check out that RV and they should have recognized it. Why did it take so long to come out? Well, city council members in Nashville are already asking the same question and expressing frustration publicly because the Nashville Police Department specifically said in a press conference before Tuesday that Warner did not have their attention before the attack. Similarly, the director of the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, Mr. David B. Roche, said that, quote, we were not familiar with this individual until this incident, end quote. But there was a potential motive kind of discovered, or it's a working motive, I'll put it that way, given that there was a warning blasted out to the people in the buildings, we know that the motive likely did not involve harming people. But this RV was loaded with explosives and parked right in front of a ATT transmission facility. And this guy actually worked in IT. For many years, he was 63 years old. So right now, we know also that there's a lot of public mistrust, notably by the QAnon subscribers of the 5G networking. We have seen attacks in other cities where members of these groups have actually struck and beaten up ATT workers who are installing the 5G networking. So... Right now, this is a potential working theory for the FBI, but we are still obviously not sure of what prompted Anthony Warner to commit this destructive act. But as soon as we know more information, we'll definitely keep you guys informed on it here on the News Du Jour. And that's the news for the day. Today, I wanted to leave you with the quote, a storm never lasts forever. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review on Apple Podcasts would mean the world to us and really help us be able to keep creating the news du jour for free for you guys. You can also follow us on social media under sugarfreemedia.co on Instagram, sugarfree underscore media on Twitter, and just sugarfreemedia, all one word, on TikTok. You can also subscribe to emails on our blog so that you get an alert every time we have a new post or an announcement, and that's at www.sugarfreemedia.co. 
Again, that's sugarfreemedia.co. Our music is by Joey Lavoie and Nicholas Foster. Our cover art is by Hannah Pierce Photography. Our Sugar Free Media logo is by Catherine Desick Designs. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from Oh, oh. oh.